0: The champ is here. We will definitely not
1: shut up and dribble. The champ is here. I'm going to continue to
0: stand with the people. The champ
2: is here. I will I not
0: lose.
2: All right, man, man. I, I, I took to Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me. My name is EJ, and I got my man. Your mate yes he is the db of the show and we are black in sports giving a voice to the culture that won't shut up and dribble here covering it all laughing at all will provide the platform for people to be heard so uh, without further ado we have to welcome and bring in our guests and so no i gotta start it off like this right he wins 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 <laughs> i probably should add another win on there no matter what okay uh from the g league all the way to the nba with the raptors and now our back to back he's going back to back with our local WNBA aces man i uh, want to give a shout out and thank you for assistant coach of las vegas aces coach Terry Marsh, man, welcome, 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 man. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Appreciate you guys.
2: Absolutely, man. So how we start the show is we always start the show with a shoot your shot moment, okay? Uh we definitely liked it to be concise. So give us a moment in time, right? So you know a lot of people are like, oh, I always shoot my shot, which mm-hmm. is fair. But mm-hmm. for the people, man, we need we need a, a time that you shot your shot. And it could have been, you know, back in your playing days, it could have been, you know, currently, but just give us a shoot your shot moment.
1: Um, I would actually say probably my my moment of coming here to um, to Las Vegas, I was with the Raptors for two years, and then spent two years with the Indiana Pacers. And I uh, was in midseason with them when I uh, established a relationship with Coach Hammond. And not to jump the gun anywhere, but uh, we just we hit it off immediately. And uh, you know, once the ball kind of got rolling with her uh, coming here to Vegas, she reached out and asked if I had interest, and I did. And uh, so I would say making making that jump is not really a jump that you see too often. Um, especially from, you know, from a from a black male, a young black male standpoint. So, um, you know, two years later, I couldn't have made a better decision for myself, but I would say I was definitely shooting my shot and uh, I couldn't be happier.
2: There you go. That's a hell of a shoot your shot, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. Before we get into the other questions, like how's the feel, champion feel? I'm like, what's the champion? Like, what's the week been like the praise done? Man, the champagne has dried up a little bit, but what's the
1: feel like? Yeah, it took a couple of days to recuperate. I'm not going to lie, but uh, it was uh, it was well deserved for for our team, for our players, for our staff, for our organization. Man, it was um, this time. I uh, think uh, the consensus would be it felt a lot better than the first time. Uh, first time is always great, but um, being able to run it back um, and uh, you know with the, the core group still intact, but still some additional pieces that we were able to add and. Uh, just the consistency and seeing what we've built, you know, the first year you're kind of unsure of how things will come together. And then the second year you just kind of look to build upon what you've already established and to see how that foundation was laid and kind of continue to be built upon um, makes this one a lot, you know, worth a lot more.
0: I feel it. And that that back-to-back puts you on the upper echelon of franchises and league history. And we'll get into that a little later, but Tyler, Coach Marsh, where did your love for sports initially start?
1: Well, I'm a coach's kid. My my dad's a a college basketball coach, has been one my whole life. Um, So I grew up around the game. I grew up around coaching. And uh, that's where my love started for it. Um, I would say baseball is my first love, actually. I'm a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Um, But uh, baseball is kind of the route that I thought I was going to go in, honestly. Um, It's what I played. I grew up in Florida. um, And, you know, in Florida, you could play year round because of the weather so well but um due to my dad's jobs and uh you know moving around coaching we moved around all over the place and so uh some of the places that we lived in like in the northeast you can't really play baseball year round because of the weather and so uh it was kind of a two sport thing baseball basketball just depending on the seasons and as I got older my dad was like all right it's time to pick one whichever one you're going to roll with and um at that point you know midway through high school basketball had been what I had played the majority of so I just kind of roll with it but I've always had a passion for for sports. Um always had a passion for team and you know for me moving around so much growing up basketball and baseball was the way I was able to kind of meet friends kind of assimilate myself in a new community, a new environment of uh you know growing up in all black schools, all white schools, all hispanic schools, churches, everything like so uh sports is is kind of the um it, it's it's an illustration of like diversity really. Um and it's kind of helped me grow. It's taught me a lot about myself. It's taught me a lot about life, and so um, that's kind of the the where my value or, or sports value for me has kind of been placed in. Love it.
2: So, you, what what do you consider home? Right, like from the start, right? Like, cause like that's when we were kind of doing the work for. It. We're like, all right, yeah. so Florida, you know, right. is it Maine? Is it Indy? Like, you know, cause all of that was part of your development.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean. So, what what do you call home? It's funny my sister and i joke about this all the time because it's like it's we sometimes we just have a different answer depending on where we are who's asking us what we feel like um i was born and raised in new jersey though Oh, um, i was born and raised in new jersey um i call miami i call florida kind of home just because that's where i went to middle school and high school kind of the area that i know the best um and so that's usually where I tell people I'm from, plus Miami just sounds a lot cooler. Absolutely um, roll with it. I'm a Florida <laughs> boy, so I'm going to take that all day. <laughs> okay. so, um, but yeah, again, we, I think now just from childhood and uh, you know leading into to my own professional career and uh, all throughout college as well and prep school, like I think Vegas is now the 16th, 17th different place I've lived, so uh, yeah, I've been all over the place.
2: Yeah, the MH can relate to, to a little bit of the move situation. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. It's depending on who you talk to is kind of where you're from. I, I'm yeah. from Denver, Colorado, but if my Japanese brothers talking to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm born in Japan. And somebody <laughs> from Texas is like, yeah, my folks live in Texas. So I get it. Yeah. I get it for
1: real. For real. For sure. For sure.
0: Uh give me the give me the position in baseball, man. I got you know, we get into the World Series. So what what was you doing? You you turned into double plays, you was in the outfit. What what, what was the position?
1: Yeah, it was like so. <laughs> Growing up, I was shortstop, second base, third base. As I got older, my arm strength didn't really grow with with my with my body, so I kind of stayed at second base. Throws a little bit shorter from there. Uh, and then high school, I dropped baseball for a couple years, picked it back up my junior year in high school, uh, and they wanted me to play outfield, and so I tried it out. wasn't really a fit, so um, that was kind of the end the end of it for me. But um, mostly infield for sure.
0: So with baseball, I mean, you hit. 300 you 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 doing it That's why you shooting 30% this is like hey bro we need to find something else to do so <laughs> how do you as a fact how do you take the different those elements of those sports and kind of how does that benefit you in both worlds i guess
1: i think it's about perspective honestly i think it's just um you know being able to be consistent no matter what it is and it's either way it's a it's a mental game you know shooters kind of if you're a shooter you kind of can play little mental games with yourself and uh you can talk yourself in and out of a shot. Honestly, you just got to know that the next one's going in, just like as a hitter. If you're a 300 hitter, you're that's an elite. That's an elite average pretty much. And so uh, every time you step to the plate, you got to have the confidence that this one you're going to put in play. And, and sometimes it's not always about putting the ball in play, but you just want to make contact sometimes. Just making contact makes you feel good about your swing and what you're seeing and how you're feeling at the plate. And so uh, I think there's some similarities there. Um, but, yeah, that's how I describe it.
2: It is. So with kind of like the moves and, you know, the 16 different moves and kind of what you call home, We know, mm-hmm. the Braves is the baseball team. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've heard that Indiana is the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And I get that. How the hell did you become a 49er football fan?
1: Yeah. You're going to give me an intro. We can't say that too loud around here. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm a, so because we moved so much, I never really had a hometown team. And so my favorite team started with players that I like. Um, so I'm a huge Shipper Jones fan. That's uh, so why I'm a Atlanta Braves fan, big Reggie Miller fan. And then uh, football, Jerry Rice is my all-time favorite player. So uh, it's just players. It's, it's funny. I told this story when I first came to to Vegas. I was like, I remember when Jerry Rice left the Niners and went to the Raiders, and I cried my eyes out. I was like 11 or 12. I was like, there's no way. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, and I'm a huge Tennessee Volunteers college football fan. So my teams are scattered, man, just like. Just like my background, so there you go.
0: Yeah, we won't we won't let Boss Man know that too much. Yeah, <laughs> keep that on the. <laughs> yeah.
2: and, and that's a nice play. But hey, he played for the Raiders. Hey, I like yeah. yeah. them. That's, that's, yeah, stick with that story. There, stick with there that story. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Raiders, Raiders, Jerry. Raiders. <laughs> so tell us about man being a coach's son, and then we're gonna drop some exclusives later. But just tell us how that was, kind of growing up. You know the the pluses and the minuses behind that, right?
1: Yeah, I think the the pluses are just, you just, <clears throat> it's a whole different type of lifestyle, a whole different type of uh, world that you're able to grow up in, things that you're privileged to, that, you know, your friends think that, you know, that your dad has the coolest job in the world. And, um, you know, on, on the surface is great. And there are a lot of great things that come, that come with it. You get to meet a ton of great athletes. Um, uh, you're always around the game, always around the gym. Um, I think the, the, downfalls to it at times are, uh, you know, there's a, the time commitment that, uh, you know, the coaches have to have to go through. And so, you know, while, you know, my dad or now even myself, you know, you, the things that you got to miss out on, you got to sacrifice um, for the job. And so uh, I think that's it's kind of the give and take that you, you know, that you take with it. I, I know that for me, just um, being able to experience different places, different people, uh, through my background and through the game is kind of just, to me, it's something that I take pride in just in terms of my ability to just adapt and around different environments. And that's something that's kind of been able to carry me through no matter where I've been. I've been able to kind of stay true to myself no matter where, I, where I've been. Uh, and then along the way, I've just met some great, great people that, uh, you know, if my if my pops had another job, probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, bend down this road. So uh, I'm grateful for, for how I was brought up, how I was raised, um, mm-hmm. You know, I tell it all the time. My, my pops is a huge part of, of of who I am, and 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 my sister would say the same, and um, my mom as well. It's just uh, uh, we were raised the right way, man. And I think that you know, regardless of what the occupation is, um, whether that's you know my career now or whether what, what my dad was doing, um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of lessons, a lot of life lessons, a lot of parts of my personality that was built from um, from the sacrifice that him and my mom had made for us. So I'm extremely grateful for that.
2: Absolutely, and that also kind of turned into, you know, we get into this, but you're recruiting, right? Like your father was played a big role in where you initially started to go to school, you know. So yeah. that kind of recruiting process, and just tell us about, you know, just college and your playing days there.
1: Yeah, so um, <clears throat> so I went to. He was the, I will starting back in high school when my junior and senior year, really freshman through senior year. He was a uh, he was the head coach at Florida International University. So. Um, actually that was, that would have been from eighth grade through my junior year of high school. And then, uh, after that year, he went to be a assistant coach at Indiana university under Mike Davis. And so going into my senior year, uh, he was living in Indiana. We were still living in Miami, um, uh, my mom, my sister and, and myself. And so, uh, that was a little difficult. Obviously we, um, you know, we had been used to it a little bit just from previous moves from before, but um, you know, the distance as you get older kind of takes a, you know, takes a toll. Um, and so after I graduated high school, I went to uh that's when I moved to Maine and went to a prep school in Bridgeton called Bridgeton Academy, um, middle of nowhere in the mountains in Maine, about 30 minutes north of Portland. Um <laughs> and man, it was an all boys school. It was uh it was cool, but it was a rough time up there. <laughs> 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 Uh, but no, it was great. Cause the, everybody that was at Bridgeton was there for a sport. It was all athletes, yeah, uh, and it was a ton of different sports, lacrosse, soccer, football, baseball, all that. So it was cool to be around athletes all the time. And then, um, but yeah, so after, after prep school, I had some offers for, you know, play division two, uh, division three, which is probably the level that I w- was probably made for. Um, my dad had went to, uh, UAB university, of Alabama, Birmingham, division one school conference USA at the time. And, uh, and so I just went to walk on. My mom and my sister had moved to, to Birmingham. My past was there, and I just kind of saw it as an opportunity where we can all just be together again. And that was kind of the priority for myself at the time. Yeah. So walked on my first year, got put on scholarship my second year. Uh, and then afterwards, it was just the competitive you know, person in me just wanted to be in a situation where I can play my last two years. And so uh, I transferred to a small Division three school about 10 minutes up the road from UAB called Birmingham Southern College. Southern. Yep, that's where I uh, finished out my playing and academic career, and it was great because it was uh, close enough to where my my parents could still see me play, and um, you know I could still obtain my education. And so you kind of forge your own road a little bit,
2: you know what yeah. I mean? Kind of step out and do your thing. So that's awesome, man.
1: Definitely, definitely. And so, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was great um, being able to experience both the Division One level and Division Three level. Um, and again, I think that's certainly played a part in, into kind of who I am as a coach um just uh you know my background from that standpoint uh not too many people have only been coached for ten eleven years, but not too many people have been able to experience you know division one coaching playing division three playing g league WNBA, NBA, prep schools like i've got a plethora of experience man so uh it's been it's been a blessing
0: for sure and i and I know all different of those levels have their own challenges i'm', I'm yeah. interested to kind of hear about those but uh, I'm assuming you play guard position.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I right, point, all right, You know, uh, what is it about that position that really helps coach you? you don't see a lot of power forwards and centers coaching basketball for whatever mm-hmm. reason, but what about the guard position helps you, uh, in your coaching?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that might be changing a little bit. I think that, you know, traditionally, guard is kind of like the extension of, of the coach. And I think that's kind of, uh, to some degree, is still intact, but I think a lot of as the game's evolving, you're seeing more and more fluidity and diversity in, in how teams play and uh, who that star player is and kind of who uh, who's running the team, you know. And you can make a case that Draymond Green is the extension of the coach in, you know, in Golden State. So it's it's kind of just uh, it varies. But I think that, um, you know, it's f- f- for me anyway. It was just the background of being a coach's kid, and I'm and you know combined with I'm not the tallest person so it was kind of just that was the position that I fit in and uh, from that standpoint I tried to not just think the game as a player but I tried to think the game as a coach even when I was playing And that was just uh, from what I was around and what I knew and I think um, you know just traditionally the point guard is kind of who sets the tone and kind of who keeps everybody in line and and puts everybody in check and um, so I think that's where it kind of stems from but uh, again I think that the way that the game is evolving, you're seeing different positions kind of lead that front.
0: Talk a little bit about uh, your time, uh, particularly with the Raptors, um, Mm -hmm. when a championship and um, obviously coaches now with the 76ers and you know how the world works now and all Mm -hmm. those types of things, but what was that experience like? And, you know, um, I'm sure you think highly about his success in in Philadelphia. I hope he's pretty successful.
1: I think he will be. I think he will be. I think that, Really, the way that I got to the Raptors was was interesting. Um, I had actually accepted a uh, a Division three assistant coaching job uh, at this school in Kentucky, and I went on the interview there. Um, my dad had changed jobs, and I was kind of in transition, and so uh, I got interviewed uh, for this job, went up. Everything was great, offered it to me, asked for a day to think about it. Um, the following day, I accepted it on my way back to, to Alabama, had the car packed up, just waiting on my background check to finish. And um, Coach Nurse gets the job in Toronto, says he's looking for a video coordinator, asked if I had any interest. And just just me in my head at the time, just I'm thinking loyalty. And I'm just like, you know, I already made my decision. I got to see this through. And I remember talking to my mom and I was like, I, you know, this is the NBA This is what I've dreamed about being an NBA. And um, but I don't want to go off. of my, I don't want to back out of my word to this other school. And she was like, think about it this way. If let's say you take that you take that job in Kentucky. And that head coach gets offered the head coaching job at the University of Kentucky a day after you get there. Do you think he's going to take it or not? <laughs> and I said, you probably would. And she was like, all right, you got to do what's best for you. And, um, Mother's and wisdom so, no doubt. And so uh, uh long story short, I, I accepted a job in Toronto, moved out there and. Um, that first year was rough. It was it was the, the championship year, but it was rough kind of adjusting on the fly. I didn't have much time, much of an offseason or anything to kind of get acclimated to a new country, new city, new league. Um, but what I did know was I knew my head coach already because I had worked for him in the G League my first year. Um, and so I was familiar, really a lot more familiar with kind of his style and what he wanted and how he expected things to work and play out. And so um, just from a, from a video coordinating standpoint, I was kind of able to – help um, ingratiate some of the rest of the staff and and players into kind of getting them up to speed on what uh, was expected from coach as well. So that was a unique opportunity for me to kind of extend beyond what my role was. Uh, And I think that garnered some trust around the rest of the staff and around the organization, especially with Coach Nurse. And so uh, we have a really good relationship. And uh, I think he'll do great things in in Philly for sure. But that year was great. Um, That was Kawhi's year. Um, I would say so. (laughs) that hit was that line. hit that line, BJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh yeah that, that that year was great man it was um it was a crazy crazy experience just to be a part of history for for that country and that's the thing right when you say that country right that's a whole different feel over there right no doubt it's um it was i want to say it was close to two million people at the parade it was wow. it was unbelievable um and uh, certainly an experience I won't forget. So, I am a little mad about that, though. You guys
2: were supposed to win the game before in Toronto because I was actually there. Yeah, you? <laughs> <laughs> I say, I know if you guys win this, I know it's just going to go bananas right. in the city, right? Like, I just knew, like like you said, it was just that time, you know, like yeah. why the energy that you guys were bringing. Um, yep. Jerry was just doing an amazing thing. He was kind of, I don't know if that's the year he got um, – um, awarded for kind of the moves he did. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm familiar with, uh, Bobby, um, Webster. excuse me, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, Bobby Webster that's up there. So what's mm-hmm. up there in the Drake lounge? It's that final minute. He <laughs> goes to pull that shot. It's like, yeah, Oh, yeah, <laughs> in the yeah. corner. Uh, yeah. but, but glad you guys pulled it out, man. Had to be just amazing to be a part of that. And just, Definitely. you know, great timing.
1: Definitely. It's a, it's a connection and a bond to, you know, to the rest of the players and to the, to the city of Toronto and, into Canada. I'm just, uh, Man, that's not anything I could have ever imagined going into it.
2: So you got Drake on speed dial, if you need anything over yeah. over there.
1: Over there. <laughs> no, you know, I got an actually funny story about that too. So he he came to a bunch of games that year, obviously. And um uh so um during the games that that year, so when you code the games, you gotta do it in back in the video room, you know, during the game, whatever you're cutting up the game as it's happening. And so I'm back there and kind of back there is where uh Masai and Bobby and the assistant GM um, kind of watch the games back, the game back there. They don't go out into the you know into the stands or onto the court. And so after the game, uh, this was uh, I think this was after the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, after we beat Philly, and uh, we're going in. And Drake comes back there, and I got a bunch of after the games, I got a bunch of hard drives that I got to put the games on for all the coaches or whatever. And Drake comes back in the video room. And he's dapping everybody up or whatever, and I'm focused on what I'm doing. He hits me on the back. He's like, Hey bro, load up their hard drives and let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, dude. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, I'm <laughs> Honest, honest. I was like, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> <That's good stuff. laughs> but uh no, nah, he was super supportive. And obviously, their their um the raptors practice facility is called the OVO Center, so he's He's a big deal, uh, not just there, but within the organization, a big part of their identity. Awesome.
0: I know you're on the development, but we got to get some arc on his J. You got coach, you got to – I mean, his his jumper come out kind of flat, <laughs> so you got you have to get with it.
2: Well, so let's get in that. No, we did jump into the game, so we like to call this segment, uh, you know, in the game. Uh, so this is kind of really talking about your career, so we jumped into that a little bit, man. So tell us, like, you know I, – I joke a lot, and I know it, it may sometimes. How many coaches – <laughs> are on the sideline like everybody has a role so tell us more about like what your role is you know your assistant coach is like the tag but tell us directly kind of what you do with like a day in day out for the aces
1: yeah it's um you know it's one of the i think one of the positives about the wnba is that the staffs are are a lot smaller than the nba and there's some negatives that come with that as well you, you you'd like to have more manpower at times but i think that um you know uh, in the nba there's when i was with Toronto we had 15 coaches on staff and Indiana we had 10 or 11 and it's just it's it's a lot and here with the it's four five of us four full-time assistants and then we have basketball ops and a video coordinator and um but uh for me I'm um head of player development so a lot of the uh on-court development individually in the offseason and during the season um is kind of my, you know, kind of my room. Um, we all have a hand in, it in terms of working with players. I kind of, uh, I guess, set the tone for, you know, in terms of creating uh, what those programs look like for for each player. Uh, and then during the season, it's kind of all hands on deck. It's myself, um, Natalie Nakase, and um, Charlene thomas Winston, who are the three, you know, kind of main assistants. So we split the duties in terms of um, in-game scouting and So we have our different teams that we have scouts for. Uh, And then uh, it's kind of broken down throughout the season where uh, I do a lot of the offense and uh, Natalie handles a lot of the defense. And so um, that's kind of how it's broken down on our staff. Every staff does it differently, but that's kind of how we do it here.
2: And kudos to you, man, just giving flowers, man, like just – you heard it during the parade, you know, just all of you guys, everybody that got up sentiment, you stayed on your you know, social, like how you guys are a family and just how there's some bonds. I mean, you even mentioned that on the reason you're here. Right. Yeah. Like so um, you had um, a connection. Uh, I believe it's Jenny from the Pacers, new Becky and introduce you. And you just said when you had that first kind of conversation, it was clicked because it was beyond basketball. Yep. And then you just reiterate that and so many other things. And the, 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 the ladies reiterate that as well, as far as like Jackie, you know, in her interview, like right after, like, thanks for coach, like shot you out. Like, yo, thanks for coach getting me right. You know what I mean? And that has to be like an amazing thing. And then you just come back as well. I've seen on other interviews just through your social saying it's a two way street. Like, you know, you can't help someone that doesn't want to put the work in, right? You can, you can X and O it, map out off season plans and things like that. But if they don't put
1: the work in, you know, it's all for naught. Definitely, my my very first conversation with um, with Becky in regards to the job is what she asked me. Um, she asked me, "What do you think you bring to the table? What what is it?" Uh, and I told her that I did. We didn't really speak a whole lot of X and O's type things. It was more about life and personality and seeing how much of a fit that would be first and foremost. Uh, and for me, I just feel like with um, back to, you know, kind of my background, I feel like I'm, I have a, a kind of a gift of discernment. I feel like I'm, I know and read people pretty well. Um, and I think that I have that been, I'm able to bridge that gap between player and coach just from a communication standpoint. And that's how I, uh, that was my response to to Becky. And then I, I asked her, I said, what What do you think your greatest attribute is, uh, as a coach? And she said that, um, she told me that she has a, uh, a, a really, uh, innate ability to bring people together. And, mm. um, you know, that stuck with me when she said it and then being able to experience it, it's, I've been around amazing, amazing coaches. And to to see that part of who she is as a coach, it's, it's really second to none. And, um, you know, because the, the talent was already in in place for the most part upon coming here, we didn't really have enough time to, uh, you know, to make a whole lot of moves. Uh, coming into Vegas in that first year. So the core was intact. um, But there was just there was something missing. And she was able to kind of be that um, for us and for the organization. Um, And obviously, it doesn't work without the players, you know, putting in that putting in that work, like you mentioned, but um, she laid the blueprint from it. And, uh, you know, she deserves all the respect in the world for that as well
0: yeah i mean uh you just mentioned that the core was in place and obviously a new staff coming into a, a new situation sometimes that chemistry you know doesn't always work uh, particularly when they've been together uh such a long time i'm really interested you know you always hear the stories of you know uh, a team that wasn't successful or wasn't good and the, the coaching staff turned that team around and there's a new culture i'm really interested in a, in a culture where there's a lot of success there's a lot of uh Athens at the top of their game um really successful how do you keep that all kind of focused how do you keep that um that hunger still um what what's the process how does that go you guys only lost a handful of games uh yeah. throughout the regular season and playoffs so how did you maintain that focus and drive throughout the season
1: I think that first year it was uh understanding that the, that we knew we had a championship caliber roster um but championship like you really didn't really hear the word championship throughout the year and throughout the locker room it was like more about the the message that that the coach would always preach was kind of building championship habits more so than anything and we can live with whatever results come from that and I think that when you focus on those habits and from a day-to-day standpoint it creates uh it it lays a foundation it creates just kind of a way of a way of being for us when we're around and it's not so then it's not you don't feel like that if you don't accomplish that goal then it's a failure you what you're after is you're after your best effort each day and that was something that became contagious around the team and uh i I always say because it it, stuff doesn't work without your best player buying into it and asia wilson is is a superstar in every sense of the word, but she's a superstar in like individual and her buy-in to that aspect of it just trickles down to the rest of it. And she's, she's not the most vocal in-house. So like Chelsea Gray kind of takes the the vocal presence of that. So those two, yeah. So those two kind of, um, passing that message down to the rest of the team and, um, and holding each other accountable to live up to it made this trend, this year's transition, a lot easier for even, you know, Candace Parker and Alicia Clark and Kayla George and, you know, our new pieces that that we brought in for this season, it made that transition seamless for them, even with them being the professionals and the superstars that they are as well. So um, I think that was the main piece to it. And uh, there's just no complacency on this team. You, we, we're, we, we consistently hungry. And I think the other piece that I'll touch on is, like, you notice that or I've noticed that superstars they they find ways to motivate themselves even if they got to m- make it up sometimes and so there'll be there'll be things that like <clears throat> you ask Asia or, or Kelsey Plum and they'll they're like I'm try- I'm finding something that I don't like that'll motivate me to you know to kick ass tonight like I'm like so it's it's they create they find that motivation internally. Um, that
2: mj make-believe stuff right <laughs> right
1: right and some of this violence, some of it they take wherever they want to take it to but regardless uh it's it's a, it's amazing to see how they just tap into another level um when they need to and um you know that's the epitome of a superstar
2: that's dope all right so, oh you got image My yeah
1: I, I do i mean
0: I, head I, head and head. I might i might be jumping the gun on this but speaking of consistency well, y'all consistent with the blazer hoodie combo,
2: so I got to know what's
1: the. Yes, background you, are the <laughs> you are jumping the gun. You are jumping the gun. We got a whole. We got a whole. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But I, I, I got to know, and then we can get into some other fashion
1: later. That's all. Right. all that is all Becky's idea. She um, that's her. <laughs> that's kind of her staple look. She brought it to us um last year, and we just wrote it out. And it's funny because going into this year, she was like, "Um, we don't have to stick to the black, white, and red." hoodies, but she's like, I want you to wear a hoodie. I don't care what color it is. And we were like, no, nah, we won it last year. We might as well ride it out. Like that's, that's how we that's how people see us now. So it is what there it is.
0: is. Y'all playing in Vegas in the summer, man. I, shout out to you right. in, the, in the AC because I yeah. know y'all got to be hot. For Thank
2: sure. God the AC still working on the jungle. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that. All
2: right. So, um, and I didn't even, I meant to look this up, but um, just a little fun with it, right? So the White House, will this mm-hmm. be your third time to the White House? Or second.
1: This will be uh this will be our second because in Toronto it was the following year was the COVID year. That's so we what I thought. So we never and that's got what a I thought. So I
2: wanted to ask. Okay, okay. All mm-hmm. right. So now so it'll be your second time. Now, yeah. two part question, and I'll okay. reiterate if we need to. So first, um what was like your best moment at the White House, right? And then the second part is now that you're going back, because you know it's a quick day and then everything you're doing, is there something that you want to do that you didn't do? Uh, from your from your last visit
1: i think the best part um it's it's almost the same answer for both the best part is i was able to to experience that with my wife um so her being there was was really cool i was her first time at the white house as well so um being able to 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 have that for the memory books is is awesome and i think that um next year having my son being able Um, to be yeah uh, he was a little (laughs) He wasn't even one yet, and so we found a babysitter for him uh, <laughs> for that day. But, um, but yeah, next year I'm excited to have him there as well. That's good stuff. So um, I did want to
2: jump into something uh, really quick. So with you being here, do you feel pressure or how is it, you know, because like you talked about or, or MH kind of even alluded to, you know, being in a coach and in the sporting world, it's definitely relationships and things like that. How is it that we have so many NBA, WNBA events here, right? So how is it for you for Summer League? Uh-huh. You know, we have the WNBA All-Star, seems like every other year, uh-huh. you know. Um, how is it for you? Is it great, you know, because you get to host people? Are you busy? Like, just kind of take us a little bit, you know, through just having these kind of great events here and destination.
1: I think it's um, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's, first, it's great for the city, um, you know, you, you think Vegas and Vegas sports isn't always the first thing that comes to your mind, but it's becoming that almost with with what the Golden Knights are doing as well. Um, and obviously with Summer League and with the Aces, it's, um, uh, you know, sports is kind of taking over Vegas. And that's that part is great to see. It's also great to see the diversity that comes that comes with it, um, even that exists with the Raiders as well. There's diversity there in the front office, and um, I think there's great things that's continuing to, to happen. Um, the A's, I guess, are moving here, um, so hopefully. So it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, again, just uh, the growth of sports, the growth of women's sports, um, and, you know, it being recognized out here is just uh, – that's fun to see. Uh, the hard part is just kind of an individual thing. That's just because my – you know, a lot of my connections, a lot of my friends that exist in the NBA, like I only get to see them now during summer league, and uh, that's still in the middle of our season and middle of our All Star break, and so uh, that can become tough. Uh, everybody wants to see you at once, and um, and so kind of managing that time is uh, can be difficult, but. Um, you know, they they got to grind just like just like we have the grind. And so they understand. And um, I would say that's probably the most the most difficult part. But um, I think the cool thing, though, is that we play during their off offseason and, and we're an attraction for them to come see as well. And so uh, I think more and more you're seeing more NBA stars, more um, movie stars, more, you know, just more superstars in general from other genres and other avenues coming to support the WNBA. And that's always great to see.
2: It's it's definitely who's who, you know, MH was sitting courtside, you know, and he had to turn away some uh, autographs, you know, being from, you know, from black of sports and, you know, King James was, you know, him and King James had a couple of conversations, and stuff like that. So, but no, it's, it is great to see that, um, to, to to see that support and to, cause they're both growing. Right. Um, how do you feel about the in-season tournament that's going to be coming to Vegas, right? When we talk about another event, you know, is it something that they're attempting to do? Like the, you know, um, the WNBA has the, was it the president's cup? I, uh, commissioners. commissioners cup, excuse me. And, you know, like the ladies don't need any motivation. They go out there and, and
1: they're ready to go. But right. what,
2: what, what is your feel uh, about the in-season tournament that the NBA is looking to put uh, put on?
1: Um, I don't, I don't really have uh one way or the other, feel one way or the other about it. I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of more games. It's The same <laughs> kind of games that's cool for the NBA. Um, it is what it is, but it's. I, I don't know that they need much more incentive uh, either. Um, and so, I think that, you know, for us, our our games leading up to. Uh, the Commissioner's Cup is kind of what makes the Commissioner's Cup so so important. You you play those early games to uh, for your seating for that, so that the top two can compete in the Commissioner's Cup and uh, you know and win that you know win that prize and in in that charity as well. And so uh, I'm not sure what an extra five hundred thousand or a million would do for LeBron <laughs> and for Giannis and stuff, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not counting on sockets it is what it is. Facts, um, but um. Uh, but no, I think I think ultimately I think it's uh it's just a, a another gauge of what the NBA uh, can be here in Vegas for if and when a team is ready to come here and so um, I think that all kind of is part of the plan and goes into it and obviously the success the summer league has had here um, certainly has played a big part in it and I think um, if that move is made I think it'll be embraced um, you know fully here in Vegas so absolutely all right so jumping in M H uh, you ready for them quick hits
0: I am I am so. Uh, Coach Marshall, some quick questions, get to know you type things. Uh, yep. First time, if ever, you have been uh, starstruck?
1: First time ever being starstruck, I would say um, it was my thirteenth birthday party. Vince Carter made an appearance. Thirteenth, my thirteenth birthday. Vince Carter. Um, now this is
0: this is Vince Carter, Raptors Vince Carter, or this is Vince Carter that was stand up shooting threes, Vince Carter. Which, this which was
1: Raptors carter. against carter
0: okay yeah that's the, that's the yeah that's half man air half canada.
1: amazing yeah that's air,
0: that's air canada yeah okay, yeah that's the real one yep. uh favorite travel spot
1: um favorite travel spot would have to be uh my wife and i went to jamaica for our honeymoon and that was pretty dope so i would have to say that takes that probably takes cake
0: i agree um are you a, a, a defensive stop or a game winning shot?
1: Game winning shot. Give me offense all day. Don't tell coach. I said that. But give me. A shot. She'll, she'll probably answer that for you. But I'm, a, I'm an offensive guy. It's, it's me and my dad. Man, we we talk. We joke about that all the time. So he's a he's a defensive guy, and so the way we we view the game sometimes is a little is a little different. And uh, and so it'd be fun. We'll um we'll have a game, and uh it'll be in the hundreds or whatever. And he'll he's like, man. Y'all, just, y'all couldn't get a stop I, I know we should have scored 150 though is what we should have done <laughs> so, so we always going back and forth but um yeah offense always
0: offense always okay so uh if we talk about offense give me your top five guards uh all-time women's game NBA game
1: my favorite
0: yeah yeah, yeah it's your favorite It's okay no judgment uh well, there's judgment but it's your favorite <laughs>
1: <laughs> um WNBA, I'll go uh Cynthia Cooper, Don Staley, um, Cheryl Swoops, Becky Hammond. How many is that for? Yeah, that's four. Uh Chelsea Gray. That's
2: Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea hoop god.
1: Hoop God. <laughs> Let's go, point right. guard. Um you said guards only, right? Don't get me in trouble. Guards only. I ain't going get okay, you in cool. trouble. Okay, um, NBA, my favorite Stefan Marbury is my favorite player of all time.
0: I'll oh, say, so Here come the judgment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, Stefan Marbury, Jason Kidd, mm-hmm. Kobe, um, Reggie Miller, and um, I feel like I'm missing somebody, but I'm going to say Vince Carter.
0: I got it. Okay. This is the last judgment question. The Wood or Loving Basketball?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Loving Basketball. Ah.
2: And that's judgment from him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to jump in, man. I, I got a few, man, just because we didn't yep. cover. So one is some may or may not know if they follow you. Did you know you're a big WWE fan? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you probably back when it was WWF, yep. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> yep. From the origin. So, um how did you become like such a big or stay a fan, right? Because it's like it's all that point where it's like, you know, I watched it when I was young, but then there was a phase where it's like, uh, you know, I lost it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and throw you a top five on that
2: for real. Okay. Do, we do the, top, the five. Yeah, we, yeah, we and, top five. You yeah, you can go, you can go back to the beginning and then even to to current. Yep, top five.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm number two.
1: Bret Hart's number one. Ooh. Um. Okay. Bret Hart, uh Razor Ramon um Chico. okay. Chico. Um, Triple H, um, Sting, but black and white Sting, like NWO black and N- NW white NWO Sting. One of you know the, the
0: trisco had to spat on the shoe. <laughs> yeah, I not the, the rappers. Uh, so down. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Not the kids' face paint Sting. Not yeah, the kids. Not there's there's
0: a different one.
1: Uh, what's that four? And that's four. one more. Um, you'll probably judge me on this one, but I was a big Diamond Dallas Page fan in WCW. Daisy <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was going
2: to And no, not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And that's I'm the a, thing, I'm right? What about
0: this or yeah, the Rock? I'm a Booker. I'm a Booker T.
1: Booker Cena, T. Booker T. Scene uh, is great. Um, but no, not for my <laughs> personal. <laughs> Stone Cold <laughs> don't hit. Stone Cold, yeah. Stone Cold is cool. Honorable mention. <laughs> you get <laughs> honorable mention.
0: <laughs> you know, who, you know. I, I, I don't know why I'm so excited about this topic. You know who's super underrated that don't yeah. get enough love? I don't know why. Akishi, no. <laughs> no, That's he nasty. Uh, D'Lo Brown, man. <laughs> Timo no. Brown had the no. he had all the athletic moves. No, and he had, and he had charisma.
1: Mm-mm. No, the nation, the nation, mean. Mean. nation <laughs> of nation domination <laughs> made him.
0: <laughs> he was he was
1: a yeah, nah, he was good because of who he was. That's right,
0: man. They had to build him out better, man. That was a mix <laughs> by the WWE.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that no, well, now that I think about it, like my top. My top five are like more of a reflection of like my personality like the subtle the subtle killers like not the boisterous not the boisterous ones he didn't, uh, Ray Mysterio then? i mean
0: he was pretty he was kind of like out there yeah. but yeah no nah.
1: i don't like mm-mm. okay i don't, like, I don't so, like the i don't like the small
2: dudes like that <laughs> <laughs> like, and i'm gonna co-sign with you really quick um, to make sure you get that third belt. You need that, that, that uh, the next championship belt. Oh, yeah, you, know, you got another sure. title, so I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> co sign with that. <laughs> so, we're gonna retweet that on, on our social. Make sure I mean, he he said something, but he didn't confirm. I saw you ask him yeah. directly, Hey, we won that another one, we need that belt. We need that, we need that, <laughs> but but um, no, so you said you like the, the wrestlers that are kind of like humble and quiet, and just that's <laughs> more your demeanor, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you also say. That your wife is be on that uh Michelle Obama when they go low, we go high.
1: She That's gotta keep fact. you from talking, talking. To your That's a fact. I'm petty, I'm definitely the petty one in our <laughs> relationship. I'm petty for sure. And I like So one of what's what's some of
2: the stuff that like you just be want to clap back that you kind of hold back, you know what I mean?
1: Any disrespect to the aces, I'm like, I it's it's really hard. Not, because like, I, like I love these girls so much. Like it's like any little thing, I'm I'm bookmarking them. I'm screenshotting them. I got them all say, And I was like, I'm, seat I'm seat telling seat. you, when that buzzer went off, like, and we left that court, I told, her, I told my wife as we were walking off, I said, I got it loaded. Like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. She was like, nah, we can't do that. We can't do that. I'm like, all right.
2: But she approved the shirt, though.
1: She approved the shirt. Yeah, the okay. shirt. Was, the shirt was cool. That's going to uh-huh. probably
2: have to be our, our uh, promo uh, we're going to show them with this shirt, man. So a lot of people, it was so funny because I, I saw you adapt you up, you know, when you were uh, doing your red carpet uh, yeah. for the parade. But, you know, I don't know how many uh, aces Spades you, you, you were in, so I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> but, no, the shirt got so much buzz, man. It was a dope shirt, you know. Um, d- describe the shirt so the people that's listening can hear it, man, and, and tell them what the meaning was because some people didn't really get the percentage that was on there. So go ahead. I'm going to give you that. Just yeah. for him to go ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, I'll st- I'll start by saying I th- I think that one of the coolest things about our team is how we is how we hold each other down and how we ride for each other and so right. um, there was a lot of um, unwarranted um, stuff that comes to being a star and a lot of it isn't really indicative of who that person is and I think that a lot of people um, in talking in reference to Asia a lot of people kind of attacked her character and. Um, you know, and took it outside the lines of what it of just being basketball. Sometimes, and um, because if you keep it just between the lines, there's really nothing to talk about. It's really, just, you know, there's really so only so much that you can say about about her from a player standpoint. And so, um, but no, just the shirt was there was a, a poll done. I think it was by the Athletic, and uh, it's actually been fun just see, seeing people guess what the percentages are or, or means on online. But um, yeah, it was a poll done by The Athletic, and uh, I think the question was who uh, who's the best player in the, in the WNBA, and Asia got 31.4% of the vote, and so um, that's where the percentage came from for the shirt. The picture was taken at All-Star with her holding my son at, at the postgame presser and, uh, and him crying, and she kind of not really knowing what to do, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but uh, that's all, that's all that was.
2: Nah, and it's dope, man, just to, to have that. And I, I like, like I said, at the parade, everybody was just kind of bigging up each other. And, and you know, like even the Sydney, she, when she got the mic, because like the disrespect when she did the, you know, like, hey, you know. So I love the fact that the team and the whole definitely does the talking, um, you know, with the play on the court. And then, you know, keep the receipts and, and, and handle business in, in the way you guys do.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, I think they do it in a, or we do it in a, res- a respectful way. And we we understand that shoe can always be on the other foot. And, you for know, sure. when, when that time comes, we got to eat that as well. So, you yeah. know, yeah, it's all in it it's it all competitive out. nature. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We got another year at least for that. So. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. All
2: right, man. So now um, we want to jump into the winner's circle, man. This is like a platform. We do this for all our guests, you know, um, because – you know, even got a, you you rocking what you do, but there's so much more than what you know you do on a daily. And um, you know, you kind of gave us two two things. So we want to jump out and you know, you're being the the the, the great brother here. You know, you want to shout out your sister, man. So uh your sister is uh she has a company. All right. It's uh, styled by Sydney Page. Mm-hmm. Um to where she's doing a lot of the styling for, you know, some celebrities and a lot of big sports figures. Mm-hmm. And so we had a chance, you know, before the show, just kind of look it up. And it sees that she's uh, styling one of our uh, former guests and our and our love, uh, mom. So mm-hmm. she does Monica McNutt. Um, yep. So it's dope to see that. But, um, you know, tell her how she started. And does she help you out at all, <laughs> at all with your style game?
1: uh she will she will for sure i don't know if i'm if i'm in her budget right now she kind of big time like i might got to be a head coach before i can afford her but (laughs) um no but she's uh she's great she's she's been she's been a hustler for for a while and so she uh she went to university of alabama graduated in i think 2014 uh she's been in New York ever since. Um, you know, getting her career and her and her business started. And, and uh, you know, we're so proud of the work that she's that she puts in because that's a styling styling's a tough, a tough game, especially in New York ain't the easiest place to live. So um Gosh, and capital too, boy. No doubt, no doubt. So she's uh she's doing great things and I'm excited to continue to see her flourish. So she's um uh she's man, she's worked with a number. She's worked with Cardi B and and J Lo and Joel Embiid, and the list kind of goes on. But and um, uh, now, like you mentioned, with with Monica, and um, she works with Marvin Bagley for Detroit. And so, um, yeah, so she's out here doing doing big things. I just want to uh, give her her flowers uh, when I can. And so uh, she's on Instagram at at uh, Sydney Page S Y D N E E P A I G E underscore, uh, and on Twitter it's uh, it's just at Sydney Page. So uh, yeah, super proud of her. Definitely throw those in the show notes. Yeah.
0: Obviously sports team, basketball and athlete and fashion, all that plays into relationship building. So mm-hmm. I guess maybe from y'all upbringing, how, how do y'all, how do y'all get so good at just building those relationships?
1: Uh, it's kind of our way to s- survive really. It's just, um, you know, kind of when you, when you move around so much, it's like you have to find an avenue where you, f- where you fit in and just kind of be part of something. And so, uh, we're each able to kind of find where, where our personalities fit in. And, uh, we were kind of learning that on the fly individually. And, uh, you know, it's funny. We, I think the older we've gotten, the the closer we've gotten as well. And so, um, we see each other as often as we can. It was, it was great to have her, um, at the finals in New York and, um, you know, she's, she's just, she's been a great support system for me, uh, super into basketball. Um, and so, uh she's been she's been great she's been great to have and i i think that there's you know she would tell you that there's some uh, aspects of our of our background and growing up that's certainly added to who who's creating her to who she is now and so um yeah so it's uh we both found our kind of found our niche within our within our own realm
2: and what's dope right so like (laughs) this lane that she's in Mm and mh and i talk about this on like multiple accounts. So MH is our resident fashion expert for the show. Okay. So, <laughs> so anytime we talk anything like that, he definitely has a comment and yeah. he goes in on, but the, the walk-in to the stadium or the arena has been the new runway, right? Yeah. Like, so oh. they're putting a lot of kind of emphasis on that. So I know she has to, you know, definitely love that and kind of work with these players. Cause like they want to have some kind of concept when they're kind of going in, you know, into uh, the game. So that has to be dope uh, for her. And has she styled any of the aces or kind of, you know, at least started the conversation with any of them? Um,
1: she she did uh, she did some work with um, one of our rookies from last year, Kirsten Bell. She's on her team this year as well. She did some work with her. She's, um, I think she's trying to get more more involved in the W space. She's been more in uh, NFL, NBA, uh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she's just trying to uh, continue to, to to put her name out there and and kind of uh, build relate, continue to build connections, can continue to build relationships. And I think one of the cool things about both myself and her is that, um, you know, we we like to do things kind of on our own. Like when we can help each other, we will. But um, you know, I think that sometimes uh, there's a there's a stigma at times from coaches' kids that you kind of have things handed to you on a platter or something, And we uh, that's not really the way we were raised. We kind of go get it for ourselves and, um, you know, we work for what we got. And so, um, yeah, I think that's something that we both kind of uh, relate to one another. in. So,
0: so there's been a since the pandemic, there's a lot of things that have happened since the pandemic. But there was a shift in coaches attire somehow in that pandemic going under Steve Harvey in Mike Woodson suits. Good. Everybody. Right Good.
1: <laughs> Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Get them out of here. You don't want the suit? You don't
0: want the Pat
1: Riley? Not it's at all. I mean, Not at all. It's it's. <laughs> we were watching Um, it. was We were on TV the other day. It was um, I think it was on NBA TV, and it was like the 2016 finals, I think. It was San Antonio and somebody. And uh, – and all of you see everyone in baggy suits, and I'm like, this looks god awful. <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm glad, I'm glad that's out of here. Back if we got to wear had
0: that suit on, boy,
1: man, if, if we got to wear practice t-shirts in games, I'd rather do that than wear them baggy suits again. <laughs> nah. But now these
0: coaches be coming with like heat on their feet like I mean, is that is that a little bit in the? Uh, in the preparation standpoint now, it's like, what shoes you wearing in the game? Because y'all be coming with some for real
1: heat. Definitely. I mean, it's it's the only thing we can switch up. We're wearing hoodies every time. It's the only thing <laughs> we can switch. It's a white, red, or black hoodie, or gray hoodie. So the shoes is what we can switch up. So, so we got to start when we can. <laughs> Yo. Yo. I feel
2: uh, that's good stuff, man. Well, hey, so... um Your second thing, you know, for your platform, you know, before we're going to get out of here, we'll definitely want to shed some light on this. And and as much as you can share, man, but, like, so so excited. And, you know, here, you know, we definitely break the exclusive. So you are looking to start or will be launching a podcast pretty soon. And the name of the podcast is um, it's uh, Coach's Kids, right? Is that uh, uh, the name you're going with? So super excited about, you know, you putting that in the works and kind of giving an, you know, inside and with the, I know you're in the development stage, but as much as you can kind of give what, what's the thought process and, you know, kind of, I guess, what do you want to kind of do with that platform or that show?
1: Yeah. Something I've been wanting to do for, for a while. And it's, um, it's really uh, just combining my, um, you know, kind of what we've talked about, um, you know, earlier, just combining my passion for the game, my compassion for coaching and, um, and what my background has been. And that's, I've, I've always taken pride um and being a coach's kid and i think that we um see the game and we see life in kind of a unique perspective and uh and so my goal and idea is just to connect with uh other coaches kids and other coaches who have kids in coaching and kind of navigating what that life is like because that's something that's kind of an aspect that doesn't always get talked about and um you know there's a lot of um friends and and peers and connections that I have um, across different leagues to W included. And um, that I think will be awesome to kind of highlight those voices. And so that's what I want to bring and want to do. And I think it'd be a kind of unique avenue to kind of explore. love that. And I
0: definitely think it's a a unique avenue. I mean, I I think uh, a lot of times uh, in in your example, you see the tree, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you, you, your, your siblings and, and obviously your your father, uh, I'm sure, pulled from each other um, mm-hmm. in the game. And in, in, in that career is a long, long stretch. Uh, what, are, what are the, I, I guess, I would say when you guys talk about style of basketball and obviously your dad played and coached, he's coaching this era, but different eras, how yeah. does that conversation go from uh, son to, to father?
1: Yes, yeah, interesting. I think that, um, you know, he's kind of on – on the back end of what what he's known basketball to be but also just kind of what the uh what the landscape has been his I mean his dynamics are a little bit different in the college in the college game as opposed to the pro game but um it's the game isn't just evolving but um, players are players are evolving and, and, and brands are evolving and personalities are evolving. it's just, it's just a different time. And it's, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. Like I'm, I'm probably the, the last, I'm probably the last generation of, um, of players who just do what their coaches ask them to do because they're their (laughs) coach and you're the player and that's it. And now it's like, you have to give it's, they want, everyone wants to know why now, why, 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 why. why? And (laughs) I think that you have to, it's an adjustment, but I think it ultimately helps your coaching because you should be able to tell them why, right? Like you should be able to. And so um, I think that's, that's some of the conversations that that we have too, just in terms of, uh, I think that, you know, he's, my dad's 67. He's still on the court getting up and down. He's still um, relating well to the players and being that uh, kind of father figure uh, for them. And I'm, uh, you know, and I'm continuing to find my, my fit. Um, and now it's another adjustment it's been another adjustment going from coaching men to coaching women, uh, as well. So, um, but the relatability is still there in a lot of aspects. And I think the, the ultimate thing is, um, whether it's me and my generation connecting to, this current generation or my pops generation connecting now it's ultimately you have to be, you have to be you, you have to be willing to evolve, but you have to continue to be true to, to your personality and and doing things the way uh, that you believe is right. Staying true to your values and your morals. Those are things that are kind of non-negotiables to yourself. And once that's understood, then you can bridge the gap in other areas. And so, um, I think that's, uh, you know, something that, uh, that we share. And mm-hmm. you know, we talk about, we talk about different aspects of that, you know, that may differ as well. And so, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how it is.
0: Yeah. So you still doing the Mike and drill then?
1: <laughs> Man, this is, this is very timely. Like your questions have been very timely because <laughs> I was just, I was just uh, reading, I was watching, it was some, it was a trainer that I came across on Instagram and he was like, yo, Mikan's are the worst drill ever <laughs> and then i'm thinking about all the times that i ever did ins. and I'm, like, I'm, I'm talking about a lot <laughs> but <clears throat> i disagree i don't think micans are all that bad i think it's how you use them i think it's if you're just using them to activate i think it's cool if you're using them to become a Jokic type finisher i think that you're probably <laughs> you probably need to <laughs> probably need to expand it a little bit <laughs> but uh but yeah i think there's i think that's i think that's a you know an area that's evolving too is the train is individual training and player development um you know my my style of training isn't always the same with the, it that varies by the player that i'm with um and so i, I don't believe that everyone should uh, train the same way what works for one person ain't going to work for the other um and so i kind of cater the player development programs to the individual uh the individual player so so wrapping up here, what's next, right? Like you know,
2: just the natural progression, of course, as you know, you're going through and you're putting your time as you know, ultimately, you know, definitely head coach. But I know there was um, getting in early in your career. You even thought about being in the in the front office or the executive track. You know, are both of those visions still in play? Or is one more than the other? Just kind of talk to us real briefly about that.
1: Yeah, coaching is is definitely where my focus is. I think that um, I know that coaching isn't something that I want to do forever, um, but. You know, coaching is um, is where is where I want to grow. Is where I'm continuing to grow. Is where I want to, um, you know, the the opportunity to lead a group um, is is certainly uh, a goal of mine. Um, and you know, in saying that, I'm i firm believer in being planted and where and where you are, and kind of letting and you know the Lord guide your steps. And you know, when He's ready for you to be in a position, He'll make a way for you to be in that position. So I'm just trying to learn. Uh, and, and as much as I can from who I'm around, i am been fortunate to be around uh, Hall of Fame coaches and Rick Carlisle. And uh, I think Nick Nurse will end up being in the Hall of Fame one day. I know Becky will be in the Hall of Fame one day. So um, I'm just – I'm blessed to be around great great people, great players, great coaches, and a great organization now. And, um, you know, looking forward, 5, 10, 50, however long it takes. Um, being a head coach, head coach is certainly, uh, you know, certainly on the – on the, on the list of accomplishments that I hope to, to obtain one day. And then, uh, and then when that time is done, um, you know, a transition into the front office at some point uh, down the road, and is <clears throat> certainly there as well. Um, so uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm loving where I'm at. Uh, I think what's uh, in the immediate future is hopefully a repeat, a 3 Um And so we our core is still intact uh, for next year. And so, um, You know, we just had a a huge, huge, huge uh, support system here in Vegas, um, both in and out of the organization. So um, I'm excited to see what uh, what next year can bring as well. But we're going to keep enjoying this this current championship for a little bit longer, too. That's right.
2: Let's keep it moving. All right. So uh, here's what we like to call the coaching gym or the assist. Um, This is where you can kind of, you know, leave us with a quote, a mantra that you live by or maybe something you would tell your younger self. Um any one of those, but um, just something quick that you can, um, can share with the people.
1: Um, I would say uh, you determine your own value um, and and you bring you wherever you go. and I think that um, you know sometimes things may not move as as quickly um, or at the you know in the timely manner that you would like, um, but things work when they're supposed to and um, if you just, again, stay true to, to who you're around, be loyal to the people that want to see you succeed and have sacrificed, um, for you to be in the position that you're at, everything else will kind of, uh, will kind of work themselves out. And so, uh, it's easy to get lost in others who may be, you know, advancing at a, at a more, you know, rapid pace. But, um, again, I think that, uh, you know, understanding that everyone brings something to the table and you utilize that and tap into that as often as possible, um, you know, you'll, you'll get to where you
2: want to go. So. Absolutely. You got to run your race. All yeah. right. Two quick things that I got to throw out there. And I'm going to get to MH really quick for the final. But one thing is um, buckets has been dodging MH. So, you know, we come to a lot of games, you know, you may see his court you may see us or whatever, but buckets we issued a challenge because <laughs> talking about belts, there's a belt that you guys have for that, where he blocks the shot. I forget what that's called. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. MH. Issued him a challenge and he accepted. We got it on camera, so just let buckets know we're looking for that. You know, we, we need that to, to happen. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so, next year,
0: that's a year. tough one. That's a that's tough
1: one. He, I don't know how anybody gets that one done, but <laughs> one. you don't have me with that
0: art. We talked about Drake's I gotta get my side come on a little flat, too. I need man
1: that. buckets beginning up there, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then
2: number two is, I mean, you know, uh, you've been quoted and mentioned about setting the bar, you know, not only you, but the organization, right? The facility is amazing that they've kind of, that you guys have. And then even Candace, when she was drafted here, was one of the first things she's talking about, like through her Hall of Fame career, she never had a locker. So to be able to have a locker was a big thing. So, you know, maybe we can get that Black and Sports Tour, you know, sometime, you know, when oh, when is the here, man. <laughs> that's easy. Anytime y'all want. I appreciate that. M.H., uh, hit us with some final thoughts, man. What you got for us?
0: Coach, man, again, congratulations on a fantastic year, man. Uh, y'all enjoy that. Uh, always a pleasure seeing y'all do y'all thing and uh, definitely fans of you guys. So go ahead and enjoy and uh, let's get that three.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate you guys, man. This is a a great platform and um, a great podcast. I appreciate the work that y'all are doing. I appreciate y'all having me on and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time for sure. Fantastic,
2: man. Well, hey, we want to thank you for being in, like you said, not one, not two, not three. <laughs> but no, we definitely want to see the continued success and it's definitely there, you know. Um, so continued support and success for you guys. And we want to thank you to people for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, you know, definitely tap in and see all the work, you know, that we're doing. So we post new episodes every Thursday. Uh please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, as you know, um visual representation matters. So if you see it, you can be it. And we are on (laughs) almost every live uh, audio platform, so please download, subscribe, and and like us there, right? And please, please remember, at the end of the day, stay safe, practice gratitude, and know we're rooting for you.
0: Screaming, all us blacks got a sports and entertainment until we even. Assuming you are rooting for everybody that is black, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, so me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black.
2: yo, yo, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So me, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Spat bouts, racks, or handmade rags. So me, I'm rooting for everybody
0: that's black. It's for sports, the college class, the rap and back.